Amen. That's a beautiful song with an absolutely amazing message. God is good. Amen. Uh, no matter what we think life is going on and how it's going, God says, hey, I'm still in control and, uh, and God is good no matter what is taking place in our life. Let's take our Bibles this morning and open the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter number 5. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 13, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13. The Bible says, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to draw your attention to verse number 13. Notice with me here. Jesus says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Father, we do pray that you would just work in our service this morning. Lord, thank you for the great music, the special music. Lord, just speaking to our hearts to lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, to know that you are good in our lives all the time. And Father, I pray now that as we open your word, you would speak to our hearts. Lord, encourage us, strengthen us. Uh, Lord, convict us. May you help us to draw closer to you. And Lord, may we apply the things that we learn from your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. Again, as Jesus is speaking here, if you know, chapter 5 really is kind of the beginning of what people refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount goes through chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, three chapters there of this Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is teaching. And uh, there's been a multitude that has come, but Jesus takes his disciples aside and begins to, to teach them these things. These are things that he's trying to teach those who have made a choice to say, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is my Savior. I've, I believe that he's the Messiah, and so I'm going to follow him. And so... To those, Jesus begins to teach these things. And he comes to verse number 13 and he says, Ye are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. And I want us to look at this this morning, the salt of the earth. What, what does salt do? Now, of course, we could, probably, we could probably give all kinds of things that salt does, right? Um, I mean, if you were to Google uh, the rim or uses for salt, you would probably come up with a thousand and one uses for salt, right? I mean, it can do everything from uh, seasoning, it can, it can make things taste better, it can make things taste worse, I mean, it can, can preserve, it, I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that salt does. But here's the thing that I think if we, we understand that, again, Jesus is trying to teach us something, and Jesus is not saying that when he says, you are the salt of the earth, he's not saying you are a piece of salt, right? There's only one person in the Bible that was actually salt, and that wasn't a very good situation there anyway, right? But he's, he's not saying, so we're to be like a, a salt block. No, no. He's saying we're to be the salt of the earth. And I want you to think about what salt does. Yes, it, it flavors and it cures and it preserves and all these things. But 
Everything that salt touches, it influences. You see, salt influences. It influences. When you put salt on your soup, what's it doing? It's influencing the taste of the soup. Now, it's not saying that the soup was horrible. No, but it's just, it's drawing out those flavors, right? It's, it's influencing the taste of the soup. When you put salt on your green beans, it's influencing the taste of it. When you put three tablespoons instead of three teaspoons, you are definitely influencing it. Anybody ever done that before, right? Don't, you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know. I mean, three tablespoons is a big difference from three teaspoons, it is definitely going to influence the taste. It's probably not going to stay in your mouth very long. When you put it on meat to preserve it, what's it doing? It's influencing it. When you have a cut, <laughs> and that salty sweat from your face or begins to run into it, right? It doesn't make it taste better, that's for sure. Man, it stings, it burns, you're like, ah, you know. Water doesn't do that. It's the salt in the sweat that does it. Man, it, it influences even that cut that's there. I mean, salt influences everything that it touches. What does Jesus say? Ye are the salt of the earth. You and I, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, are to influence everything we touch. Everything around us. Think about what Jesus is saying. Ye are the salt of the earth. Those who have chosen to follow Jesus Christ, Jesus says he wants you to be salt. As salt in the world, Christ has called us to be that influence. But on what? What are we to have that influence on? Well, again, he clearly tells us here we're to be an influence on this earth. Think about it. Ye are the salt of the earth. Now, again, he's not saying, you know, go out and spread salt on the ground and things. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying God has placed you in this earth. You are, you are part of this world. You are part of this system. God says you are here, and so you are to influence where you are. You're to influence this earth. You're to influence the world that you live in. Our culture and everything around us, we are to influence. See, too many Christians are trying to isolate themselves from the world than what, than what we've been instructed to do is influence the world. So many Christians are trying to say, well, I'm just going to stay out of it. I'm just, I'm just not going to do anything. And we begin to isolate ourselves when that's never what Jesus said to do. He said, I want you to be salt in the world. You are the salt of the world. You are to be the influence that this world needs. You and I as Christians, those who have following Jesus Christ, we have been instructed to be salt. Now, you remember, salt was a preservative in Jesus' day. It couldn't prevent the decay of meat, but it could delay the decay. As Christians... We have to understand, look, we are, we are living in a decaying society. We cannot prevent the decay, but we can delay the decay. How? By being salt. By being the influence that God wants us to be in this world. As Christians, we need to help to preserve the spiritual, the moral fabric of our society. 
of our country, of our state, of our city, of our county, of our home. Wherever God has placed us, we ought to be influencing it for God. Because here's the thing, the world is not going to influence it for God. The world is not going to, the earth, the, the world that we live in is not going to influence it for good or for right or for God. And so Jesus says, you, you're to be the salt of the earth. You're to be the influence for good. You're to be the influence for right. You're to be the influence for God. You are the salt of the earth. You see, salt influences But may I say secondly, not only does salt influence, but salt must be used. We say, duh. (laughs) Well, yeah. Salt must be used. Salt cannot influence. It cannot preserve unless you first get it out of the salt shaker. You can have a nice bowl of soup and you're like, man, I wish I could just have a little bit of salt on here to really bring out those flavors. And you can have a salt shaker on the table. But if you don't pick it up and shake it out, it's not going to influence that soup in any way. It's not going to influence it. It must be used. And only then is it able to influence Only then, when it is being used, is it able to penetrate the meat for the preserving power that it needs. As we live our lives in a way to honor the Lord, we are able to influence those around us for right. As we live our life in a way that is saying, Lord, I want to live for you and God, whatever you tell me in your word, that's what I want to do. And I want to live righteously and I want to live holy and I want to live godly in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. That's exactly what the Bible says. So God, I want to do right. And what happens when we do, when we follow the Lord, when we are the salt and we get out of our little salt shaker, we get out of our little package, and we're actually doing what God has for us to do, we're able to influence the world for Jesus Christ. He says, you're the salt of the earth. Think about what Jesus says in verse number 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Notice that, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. As you are salt and we are the light of the world, we are to try to tell people about Jesus Christ and we're to influence others for Jesus Christ. He says when you do that, what's going to happen? People are going to take notice. It, look, we, we have, if, if you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, praise God for that. You're, you're salt, you're light. But you know what? We don't need a bunch of salt and light in this building. We don't need a bunch of salt and light in here. You know where we need it? Out there. The salt and light need to be used out there. I mean, if, if, you've, got, if you've got a great light system, it's not like, oh, I, I think I need to add some more lights to it. No, no. You need to put the light where it's needed. The salt needs to go where it's, where it's needed, where it can influence, where it can penetrate the darkness. You see, here's the thing. Everyone knows what darkness is. Everyone knows what darkness is. You can't, you can't turn the TV on. You can't listen to the radio. You can't get on the internet. You can't do anything without seeing darkness all around us. 
the wickedness and the darkness that is pervasive in this world, it is, everyone knows what darkness is. But what is light? What is light? Because this is what he says, you are the light of the world. You're, you're salt and influencing, but you're light in that your, your life is to be seen so that others can, can know what Jesus Christ is and who he is and what he can do for their life. We have uh, Christmas time's getting ready to come, right? You ever, you ever take your kids looking at Christmas lights? Anybody ever do that? How I many of you just, you just like to go look at Christmas lights, right? Yeah. It's not the kids. It's just, I want to go look at the Christmas lights, right? I mean, have, have you, ever, you ever gone down a road and, and you're going down this road and you're looking for Christmas lights and there's not a single light on the road? And you're just like, wow, this is amazing. There's no lights. No, nobody does that. Why do people come from all over the state and other states to come through Whispering Christmas? Why do they do that? For the lights. It ain't for the cookies and hot chocolate. It's for the lights. They come to see the lights. Man, look at the lights. They're everywhere. I mean, when you're going, when you're going to go out and look at Christmas tree lights, I mean, you, you, see, these, you, you see these houses that, you know, they... they they, they're kind of, what we would say, just they're kind of normal Christmas people, right? They've got the, they've got the lights maybe around the, the house, you know. They've got a strand. Uh, they've got a strand around the doorway. But then there's a bunch of fanatics out there, right? I mean, these people are nuts, right? Their electric bills have got to be like millions of dollars in the month of December because they put every light and imaginable on their... I can't, if I was a neighbor... Yeah. We'd have some real issues, right? I mean, because it's like all night long, right? I mean, they put these ma- massive lights on their house. And I mean, every light you can think of and Rudolph's in the yard and, and Santa Claus is there. I mean, every, every light you can imagine is somewhere in their yard, on their house, in front of their house. I mean, I mean, now you've even got lasers you can shoot up there and everything. And then they get really creative. They're like, that's not enough. Let's put it to music. And so when people drive by, they can roll down their window. They can be like, like, all the lights are going with the music. Why do they come? Because of the lights. They don't come for the darkness. They come for the lights. And what did Jesus just say? You are the light of the world. You know the problem is? A bunch of Christians got their lights turned off. A bunch of Christians are still in the salt shaker. We don't want to get out. Well, I'm just going to do my thing. God didn't tell you to do your thing. He said, be salt. Well, I'm not going to let my light shine. I'm going to put it under a bushel. I'm not going to let my light shine. I'm just going to keep to myself. That's not what he said. He said, you're the light of the world. Be the light. Salt must be used if it's going to have any influence, if it's going to fulfill its purpose, it must be used. And this is what he's saying. You're the light of the world. So be used. You take what God has given you, the influence that you have in the area where you're at, and you use it for the, for the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever it might be. Maybe it's at your workplace. Guess what? You know why God put you there? To be salt. God put you at your workplace so that you could be salt and you could have an influence on the lives of those people around you. You, you, he wants you to be light there. I mean, think about it. There, there, there's going to be people there that you work with that no other Christian will probably ever come in contact with except for you. Are you going to be the salt? 
You going to be light? Or are you just going to stay in your little salt shaker? Are you going to keep your lights turned off? Well, I'm just not going to say anything. I don't know what they'll think about me. Who cares what they think about you? Jesus said, be the light and be the salt. You're never going to know what they think about you until you actually do something. You are the salt of the earth, he says. We have to be that influence that he wants us to be among your neighborhood. Think about it. In your neighborhood, guess what? Just like there's that one crazy person that's got all these lights on, right? I mean, have you ever noticed that that person that has all the lights and all the music, it's not the whole neighborhood that does that. It's one crazy person on that street. (laughs) One crazy person, right? You know what God wants you to be? He wants you to be that crazy person. He wants you to be that person. Hey, the rest of your neighborhood may be dark. We're talking spiritual here. The rest of your neighborhood, the people you live with across the street from you, next to you, in your neighborhood, in your subdivision, whatever it might they may be dark, but do you know what Jesus says? I want your light to shine. I want you to be that person that when the people drive by your house, they know, hey, there's light there. Hey, when they talk to you and they talk about you to their neighbors, they say, hey, I know that person. Hey, he knows Jesus. He's the light. And if you want to know anything about light, you want to know anything about Jesus, you better go talk to that person. He says he wants you to be that light of the world. Look, we can't save them. That's not what he's asking us to do. But he is asking us to be the influence that this world needs for God and for good and for right. He's asking us to be the light so that we can help to draw people to Jesus Christ. Just like all those crazy light. Man, they attract people. What's he saying about you? I want you to attract people. I want you to be that light. Be used. Be that salt. Be the light. It's interesting, God has given Christians in democratic countries a unique way to be salt in our culture that, that Christians in other times and places did not have or even have today. In Paul's day, all you could do was pray for those in authority over you. You were not able to, you didn't have a vote in who was in authority over you. You didn't have a say because usually it was, if it was a king, then it was usually going to be a son or a relative or somebody like that, or it was going to be whoever had the strongest army. There was no, hey, who do you want? It was this, who, this is who it is. But we have a special privilege in that we live in a democratic republic that enables us to have a vote. We have the opportunity to actually elect leaders who will give us the freedom to practice our faith. I like what, does anybody know who John Jay is? Anybody know who John Jay is? Uh, I asked in the first service, nobody knew who John Jay was. John Jay was the first chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. The very first chief justice. This is what John Jay said, the first chief justice. He said this, Providence has given to our people the choice of their ruler, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. Wow. What a powerful quote. What is he saying? He says, God has given us the privilege to live in a country where we actually get to decide who the leader can be. And how important is it for Christians to take the salt and be the salt and the influence to be able to say, hey, this is who we want. And isn't it amazing? I really love this about about what he said. You notice the last part? 
the privilege and interest of our Christian nation, which I don't think we're a Christian nation anymore, to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. Whoa! What did he just say? You know what he said? We need Christians in politics. Oh, that's bad. How dare you say that? Keep the church out of the out of politics and the politics out of the church and, and Christians shouldn't be involved in, in, in religion and all this kind of stuff. Well, how am I supposed to be salt? How am I supposed to influence my society if I'm not, if I'm not allowed to be a part of it? You see, what has happened is we have believed the lie of the world and all these others that said, hey, you Christians, you just stay out of it. You Christians aren't supposed to be involved in it. You Christians, no, leave the politics to everybody else. Wait a minute, why would we do that? Seriously, I'm, I'm being very honest. Why would we want others who do not know God to lead us? Wouldn't it be much better to have somebody who knows God to lead us? You say, preacher, you're going you're to have a hard time finding some, uh, some Christian leaders. I wonder why that is. You're absolutely right. We would. And the reason is because we have failed to be salt. We have failed to be the influence that God has called us to be, to be that salt in this world. You see, leaders shape the values of a nation through the policies that they enact. And that means that Christians should work to elect leaders who will govern according to God's principles and seek to advance the cause of righteousness. One of the reasons why we have these, um, these election uh, voter guides in, in the foyer, they say, oh, pastor, you shouldn't do that because you're telling people how to vote. We're not telling people how to vote. We're simply showing who is there to be voted for and what they stand for according to the word of God. What does the Bible say? And who's going to line up with what the word of God says? Do you know why? Because I want to have an influence in that. I want to be salt and say, hey, it's not just my church that I want to be salt in. It's not just my community I want to be salt in. It's not just my neighborhood I want to be salt in. I want to be salt in my country. And that includes the privilege and the duty and the responsibility that we have to vote for people who are going to stand closest to biblical principles. Look, I understand all these people are not Christians. I understand some of them wouldn't, couldn't even quote John 3.16 if you asked them to. I get that. You say, then you're telling us to vote for the world. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be salt. Be salt. Have that influence. Be the influence that God wants us to be here on the earth. Look, we cannot and we should not just avoid election time when it comes. I've heard people say, well, God knows who's going to be in power, so it doesn't matter if we vote. Friend, can I tell you something this morning? That's like saying God knows who's going to be saved, so it doesn't matter if I tell anybody about him. Hello? Well, God knows who's going to be saved. Is that true? Yes. But I'm pretty sure Mark 16, 15 is still in the Bible. I'm pretty sure Matthew 28, 18 and 19 and 20 is still in the Bible. I'm pretty sure Acts 1, 8 is still in the Bible. I'm pretty sure Luke 24, 27 is still in the Bible. All these ways, go! Well, doesn't he know who's going to be saved? Yes. And yet he still says, go. Does God know who's going to be elected? Yes. And yet he still says, be the salt. Be salt. Friend, we cannot just push it aside and ignore it. Think about what, what, what the Bible says here. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 3, this is David writing the, his final words. In fact, in verse number 1, it says the final words of David. 
Right, these are David's final words, and he's writing to his son as his son is getting ready to take over the kingdom. And this is what he says. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Those are some pretty smart words right there. Here's David trying to, to help his son understand something. He says, hey, son, let me tell you something, right? And by the way, if Christians aren't to be in politics, why was David there? David was a Christian, and he was a king. Amen. He that ruleth over men must be just. The word just there is referring to righteousness. It's referring to the justice of God. He that ruleth over men must be just, and he must rule in the fear of God. Let me ask you something. There, there's there's going to be very few people in our political, whatever we have going on here, that meet those qualifications. Why? Because we have failed to be salt. Man, wouldn't it be great to be able to have somebody that is ruling that is just? Someone that is ruling in the fear of God that says, hey, I want to find out what God says and then that's what we're going to do. Wouldn't it be great to be able to have that? Well, two of you think it ought to be great. That's wonderful. No wonder why we're in the state that we're in because nobody thinks we ought to do it. I know. Some of you are just like, I'm just not going to say anything. Friends, that's one of the reasons why we're in the state that we're in. Because we just want to stay in our little salt shaker over here. We're happy to be on the table. We just don't want to be used. We're happy to have electricity come to us, but we don't want to flip it on and share it with others. He says, wait a minute, you're to be salt. You're to be light. Think about this. One of our founding fathers, Samuel Adams, said this, let each citizen remember at the moment he is offering his vote that he is not making a present or a compliment to, the, to please an individual, or at least that he ought not so to do, but that he is executing one of the most solemn trusts in human society for which he is accountable to God and his country. They understood this was, this was a sacred duty for Christians, that Christians ought to be willing to, to influence our society not just at the workplace, not just at our home, not just in our neighborhood, but even our country as well. For if not, what happens? When a country forsakes God, guess what happens to the country? It is forsaken by God. Salt must be used. Salt influences. May I say thirdly, salt must keep its savor. I want you to think about what he says here. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth, and what are those next three words? Good for nothing. You thought that was some hick word from way down south, right? Good for nothing, right? No, it's good for nothing. That's right there in the Bible. Good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot. You know what the word savor means? I think if we were to ask what the word savor means when it says the salt has lost its savor, I think we would all come, probably come up with the same word. What word would we come up with the word savor means? Taste, right? Taste. You know, that's not the only definition for the word savor. I found this very interesting. The word savor means to become foolish. To lose taste 
or cause to become nonsense. You're the salt. But if the salt has lost its savor, if we lose what where our purpose is, he says, it's nonsense. We've lost the flavor, the taste. If we as Christians lose our savor, then we are not able to fulfill our purpose here on the earth. Look, may I say this morning that political change is not the ultimate goal? Politics is important because it can help us continue pursuing pursuing our true goal. What is our true goal? To be light to the world, to be salt and to influence, to show others about Jesus Christ. That's our true purpose. There are many Christians who are losing their savor, though. Many Christians losing their savor because they're more concerned about their job. They're more concerned about what people think about them. They're more concerned about their retirement. They're more concerned about their finances. They're more concerned about election results. They're more concerned about who's in office than they are about being an influence on those around us to draw them to Jesus Christ. How sad is it that there are so many Christians? See, here's here's what happens. If salt is kept in the salt shaker, it doesn't do anybody any good. But you know what happens when you keep salt in that salt shaker for a long period of time? It becomes worthless. After a while, you can take that salt shaker and you can dump it on whatever it is. And you know what's going to change? Nothing. Because it's nonsense now. It's worthless. It's lost its taste. It's lost what it's supposed to do. And there are many Christians just sitting there saying, well, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just not going to do anything, you know, unless it's something that I want to do. I'll I'll be be salt as long as it's something that I want to be salt in. I'll be light as long as it's something I want to be light in. And what happens? We lose our savor. There are many Christians who have lost their testimonies. They, 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 They get so wrapped up in everything that's going on around them, whether it's political, whether it's at the job, whatever it is, they get so wrapped in all of that thing that they fail to remember our purpose. Jesus Christ, and to get the gospel to a lost and dying world. Why do we have missions conference coming up? Because our purpose is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ, and be able to have others take the gospel message around the world so that others can hear and they can know about Jesus Christ. You see, the Christian's highest calling is to show the light of Christ to a lost world. That world that is, that is rotten, that world that is in darkness, we are to be the salt and light there. This is why he says, ye are the light of the world. By sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. By telling that person, yes, maybe you're in darkness, but you know something? I can tell you about somebody who can bring you out of that darkness. Yes, your, your life may be messed up and you might think there's no hope in life left and you might say, my life is rotten, but let me tell you something. I know somebody who can take your life and he can change it and he can give you a new life and he'll start all over again and he loves you and he wants you to come to him and his name is Jesus Christ. You see, where to bleed that salt? Where to be the light in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation? Earthly governments can either hinder or facilitate the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Of course, we would prefer a government that facilitates the proclamation of the gospel. 
I'm just going to be very honest with you this morning. I'm very thankful that we live in a country where we can worship freely. That we can have a Bible and we can preach the Word of God without fear of somebody busting through the doors and locking us up and throwing us in jail. I'm very thankful for that. You know why? Because the very first person that they come after is, guess who? It's not you. They're going to come after me. And I'm really thankful that I don't have to worry about that right now. You say, what happens if the world changes and you do have to worry about it? Well, then I guess we'll meet under a tree or we'll meet in hiding or we'll do something, but we're still going to preach the word of God. But see, a government can help either facilitate or hinder that. But even if it hinders it, guess what? Our responsibility is still to preach the gospel. Still to preach the gospel. You see, do you understand that we live in luxury? And I'm not talking financial, although that is luxury too. We in this country live in luxury because we actually have the freedom to worship how we choose to worship. We have the freedom to tell people about Jesus. Now, whether they want to listen or not, that's up to them. But we have the freedom to do that. We have, I have the freedom to take the word of God and say, look, this is what God says. And God says, if it's sin, then we're going to call it out as sin. And God says, this is what we're supposed to do. We have the freedom to do that. And we don't have to worry about somebody locking us up and putting us in jail or beating us. Paul didn't have that luxury. Peter didn't have that luxury. The apostles didn't have that luxury. We do. And thank God we do. But friend, can I tell you something this morning? I hear people, well, you know, if if things get worse, you know, we're just going to stand for Jesus. Can I tell you, if you're not willing to stand for Jesus now, you're not going to stand for Jesus when it gets worse. If you're not willing to be salt now while we have this luxury to be able to be the light and be the salt, you're not going to be salt and light when it gets worse. You've already made that clear. You just want to stay in your little salt shaker. You want to stay with the power coming to you, but you're not going to flip the switch and let anybody else have the light. Your life is all about you. And that's not what Jesus told us to do. Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. And it's so unfortunate that so many Christians are losing their savor. They're losing it. They're losing what God's purpose is for their life because they're more concerned about everything else except being salt and light in this earth. Christians aren't called to save America. We're called to give the gospel to Americans. We're not called to save the world. We're called to give the gospel to the world so that they can be saved from the judgment of God on their sins by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that He offers. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Friend, if you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then Jesus says, you are to be salt. Now, maybe there's somebody here today you don't know Christ as your Savior. Friend, that's the most important thing, to know Jesus Christ, that He was willing to die on the cross for your sins because you cannot save yourself. If you're willingly 
Repent of your sin. And put your faith and trust in Him. He's willing and able to forgive you. There's nothing He cannot forgive. If you're willing to come to Him by faith. The Christian, God's called you to be salt. To influence. Are you being salt? Are you stuck in the salt shaker? Are you being salt? Or have you lost your savor? Because we've become so consumed about everything else except for what our main purpose ought to be. If our salt have lost its savor, then what good are we here on the earth? If Christians have lost our savor, then what really is our purpose? I wonder with their heads bowed and their eyes closed this morning, no one looking about. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I, I don't know if I died where I would go. I don't know that. I, I don't know if I'm saved. I, I, I don't know if I died today where I would go. And Pastor, that, that concerns me. I wonder if there'd be someone here today, and we're not going to embarrass you, we're not going to call you out or anything, but if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure where I would go if I died. Would you simply just put your hand up and put it right back down and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to call you out. Nobody else is going to come to you. I just want to pray for you this morning. Say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I died today where I would go. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. I just want to pray for you this morning. And Christian, may I ask you, Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. Are you being the salt? Are you being salt? Salt at your workplace? Salt at your neighborhood? Salt in your home? Husbands, fathers, that's you. You're to be the influence in your home, the godly influence. Salt in our country? Because wherever God has placed you, he said, you're to be salt. You're to be light. Maybe we're just stuck in the salt shaker, though. Maybe we need to come this morning and say, God, I need to get out. I need you to use me. I want to be used by you to be that influence, to be that light to those that I work with in my neighborhood. And I can help draw people to you. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I... I think I've lost my Savior. I just, I just don't even have those desires anymore to serve God, to follow the Lord. Then maybe you need to come this morning and say, God, I need your help because I've lost my Savior. And I need to be that salt again and that light that you want me to be. With the heads bowed and our eyes closed, we're going to stand quietly to our feet this morning. The pianist is going to play softly. Right now, would you be willing to be obedient to God? Have you lost your salt, your savor? Hey, we look at these people that have all the lights and we think, man, those people are crazy. But you went by their house. You went to check it out. Why don't you be that light in your neighborhood for Jesus Christ? How about being the salt of the earth?
have an influence on those around you.